Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. And today we have another interview and uh, I bring you another Twitter superstar, Mr. Tony Din. <laughs> hey Tony, welcome to the show. Oh, hello Tiago, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know if I'm a superstar or not, but, but thank you for the guy words. I think if you have more than 10k followers on Twitter, in my mind, you qualify as a superstar. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it's only my mind, so I don't know about the others, you know, but it's my podcast, so I decide. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the same when I was below 10k too. Like 10k was a very big milestone for me in terms yeah. of uh, growing an audience on Twitter. So yeah, but now now my my goal is like 100k, like uh, like Peter levels, yeah. <laughs> like Peter levels, all, yeah, and other people uh, in the in in the hackers um, yeah. community. You are definitely going in that direction. Uh, and uh, when I first started, I don't know, I'm I'm now reaching the 1k mark, and mm -hmm. uh, of course before when I first started and I had like 10 followers, I thought 1k is crazy. But yeah. uh, now I'm getting to the 1K and I think, okay, I mean, it's not that big. So I guess your goals always adapt uh, depending on uh, what you're able to achieve. And um, as a kind of introduction, I think a lot of people here listening already know about you or follow you on Twitter. But we we're just chatting about this, that you basically quit your job in August 2021. So actually after me. And mm -hmm. uh, you have achieved so much in less than a year. That is crazy, right? So you're building a... DevUtils at first, which actually now I think you have Google already as your client, which is amazing. And then yeah. <laughs> uh, you built Blackmagic, which is a super famous tool, probably one of the most used uh, analytics and uh, not only analytics, but kind of tool for Twitter users. And it's been growing yeah. like crazy. As you just spoke, you just also grew a lot your Twitter uh, account. So, yeah, today I just want to talk with you about your journey to understand uh, what came to your mind. I don't know, wh why did you decide to actually quit your job and start your entrepreneur or, or indie hacking career? So I think that's kind of my first question. Can you describe a little bit about your background, about yourself and uh, yeah, what made you decide to start this journey? Yeah, let me, let me uh, go back to when I was uh, started learning to code like, at the mm -hmm. very beginning. So I start, started to learn to code because I, I, I was trying to build apps and build products. Okay. And it was, I was uh, around 16 years old or, or 17, I don't remember correctly, but I already built in a lot of apps and, and, and products using Visual Basics. So I guess mm -hmm. the, the entrepreneur um, mindset has been with me since the beginning. And um, I, I think I was one of the lucky people who find the person early so that I can, uh, I can choose my career path and my, also my education in college, in high school, specifically mm -hmm. to go toward the one that I want is to become a developer. So I okay. guess that's a, that's a lucky thing in the early life. Not a lot of people have that idea to be a developer from the start, I think. Yeah, that's true. And and I feel like it is a very difficult problem for a lot of people. Like uh, up until they, before they even join college or, or even when they are in college, they still yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. what they want to do. So I feel, yeah, uh, I, I don't know how, what to do about that because uh, it's up to people, right? I, I can only see that I'm lucky that I find it. 
but other people they have might have not uh, have that luck. Some people even take it until they thirty years old or forty years old to to really do a career change and do yeah, finally true. do what they love. But yeah, I guess it's lucky for me. <laughs> and then after I I graduate uh, from college, uh, I didn't really pay attention to my passion anymore. After I, I graduated from college, I guess some some sort of social pressure that pressed me to get a job uh, fast, right, right, get right, a high right. salary. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot to learn in the developer space and mm-hmm. in the coding, engineering, programming, you know, a lot of awesome people out there. So I feel like there are a lot more to learn. So after I graduated from college, my, my goal for a few years after that was to get a high paying job, and then mm-hmm. try to learn as much as I can uh, uh, in the first few years in my career, learning all about uh, programming and technologies. So I can really see your passion for, for coding. And um, you yeah. grew up in uh, Vietnam, right? Yeah, I grew up in Vietnam and uh, studied in Ho Chi Minh City and, mm-hmm. uh, and then worked in Ho Chi Minh City for a while, then moved to Singapore and worked there for a while and then I quit my job. <laughs> and now okay. I'm here. Back to and Vietnam. in Vietnam, is it like normal for people to study uh, software engineering? I think it was it was quite popular a few years ago. I'm not sure okay. how is uh, how 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 is it now because I'm out mm. of the <laughs> I'm out of the, the the local market now. But a few right. years a few years ago, when I was uh, in college, it was a hot one of the hot uh, industry okay. that people okay. register. Yeah. Mm. And why? Why were do you think people were so interested for for coding? Was it passion? Was it because of the possibilities of maybe I don't know uh, moving out or get, getting a lot of money? Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people in Vietnam. Uh, this is my personal view. I obviously don't of have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot speak for everyone, but I think um, from from my friends and people that I know, um, there are a lot of pressure social pressure about getting a job after you graduate mm, and yeah. at the time at the time uh, becoming a developer is an easy way to get a job because uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a shortage of developer back then mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there's a there's a funny thing about the university that I went that um, uh, they advertised that so in their marketing material they advertised that after you graduate they they will guarantee that you will yeah. be recruited by them and actually mm-hmm. if you get the the scholarship from them you you are obligated to work for them for three years after you oh, really and a lot of people take that as a as a warranty and yeah, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. really looking forward to it but the reality yeah. is when you work for that company for three years after you graduate you lost a lot of opportunities outside yeah and, exactly and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and the thing that People thought that was a benefit for them, <laughs> well, actually yeah. not. <laughs> you know, it's not funny because, because here yeah. in Portugal it's kind of similar, right? So mm. people know, or everyone wants to take a degree first of all, uh, because mm. maybe it's changing now a little bit. But before, for sure, like when I went to college, everyone is like, "Yeah, you need a degree so that you can find a job, and you need to find a job super fast." And uh, mm. I know that, for instance, in in Germany, the the mentality is a bit different. People kind of take gap years and so on. But in Portugal, your family wants you to get a job right away. And once you graduate, mm-hmm. or you are actually about to graduate uh, from college, 
a lot of consultancy mm. companies come and try to grab you, you know, from the start. And they give you like <laughs> a nice paycheck. You think it's a nice paycheck, but what you don't realize that you'll be actually, yeah, losing a lot of other opportunities because they, you know, just from the start, you still didn't even finish your last exams and they're already kind of giving you a job. And most of people, because yeah. they are so afraid, they end up uh, getting the job and taking it. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that the story is quite the same. Yeah, in 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 Portugal. Yeah, but uh, but I guess for you it was a different reason. I don't know. I see some kind of spark in your eyes when you speak about code, and there's a certain kind of passion there. Uh, what attracted you to <laughs> to engineering and software engineering in particular? What 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 do you like about it? It was very clear to me that my passion for software and coding comes from building products for people. So uh. I I've built a lot of products when I was very young. But I did not make any money because it wasn't very easy to do that in Vietnam mm -hmm. 10 years ago. <laughs> so tech, tech products? Yeah, tech products. Right. I, I make softwares, stupid softwares, <laughs> but I made mm -hmm. a lot of them. Tell me, tell me the, the, the most fun or interesting one you made. The most complicated one I have made is an antivirus software. Wow, it's, okay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> But uh, it, it, the the way it works is very easy. I, I tell this to most people, and then they 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 after they hear, they say that well, anti antivirus software is quite simple. So you have a, a database of all the signature from on the binary of the virus. True, true, true. Yeah. And then you just compare that to all the all the yeah. files, <laughs> and and that's one of the primary way to detect the the virus. And mm. back then, people were using Windows mostly, and um, I, I somehow I got. I got in hand a database of a hundred thousand signatures or something. People share that in uh -huh. open source. So I, I grabbed that and I combined that with a lot of database, uh, signature database from Vietnam. And I also mm -hmm. myself uh, go and collect more signatures, uh, yeah, binary yeah. file signatures, the MD5 hash, if you know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. anyway, anyway, I collected a lot of them and I bundled them into a anti antivirus software. And mm -hmm. I get them. I get the software to competition, got a prize, and it got me going places quite a lot. So I'm I'm pretty proud. Really, so cool. yeah, but yeah, but now <laughs> the software is dead now, and I make zero uh, money. Why did you make zero money? Like, what what was it missing? Because I mean, you made a software, it got prices. Why were you not able to make money back then? Yeah, it was very difficult to make money money online back then. Okay. I'm I'm very grateful that now now we have Stripe and Pardo and other payment processor oh, yeah, that yeah, allows yeah. us to sell to anyone on anywhere. But back mm -hmm. then, the only way for you to sell software, well, firstly, mm -hmm. if you can at all, <laughs> people don't yeah. don't buy software back then. They don't. They just don't. <laughs> so True. Uh, especially in Vietnam. So yeah, software always so they in, would my, in their mind it. was was yeah one uh, either pirated or free so right, right, people right, usually right. they don't they don't buy it and uh, and uh, and uh, the only option that even if you want to buy uh, to sell software is to use a mobile carrier so mm -hmm. you tell people to text a message to this number and then they got uh, charged to their mobile carrier balance wow and then the carrier yeah. takes 60 percent of that yeah. Oh, sixty percent. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes even higher. So when yeah. I learned about uh, that sixty percent, I I got angry. <laughs> yeah, I cannot yeah, accept yeah. that. 
I I I would rather give it for free. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that's it makes little sense. It's funny because I was it's just my last interview was with uh, Luca, and he also started building apps from from the like a young age, and um, he was telling exactly the same that in the beginning a lot of people would pirate the apps. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then he had to do advertisement. So and that's I guess why advertisement became so popular, such a popular business model for web products, because yeah, yeah you get almost all the money. People cannot, people still get the product for free. Uh, they cannot pirate, or there's no point on pirating. Then so that's why then kind of yeah, advertisement became such a, a huge model, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that was a. Pretty big way to make money online, yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of people I know make uh, make money from advertising, and they do blog yeah. posts. Some of them are good blogs, but some of them yeah. are just straight out spam. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> to get traffic yeah. from Google, uh, and yeah. it just it's just but I I don't like it. Yeah, you you don't like advertisement as a business model. Uh, I don't like it as much, and mm. I especially don't like if you put up a spammy blog just to get yeah. traffic so that you can get advertisement mm-hmm. um, revenue. That's, that's yeah. not a good way to do it. And in general, I, if, if, if I can do charge the, uh, the user directly, I would do it instead of doing uh, advertisement. Yeah, that's a very good mindset. Something that I'm also trying to do here, even with this podcast, but it's not easy. It's not easy, you know. For instance, podcasts. People they they don't uh, they don't want to pay for podcasts. Normally, they are free, and they are yeah. some, most of the times okay with advertisement. So so let's uh, continue here to your uh, to learn about your journey. So you you studied, you got your uh, got out of college, and uh, you got your you got your first jobs as a, I guess a front end engineer at first, and uh, you eventually. Start doing also a backend at Zendesk, correct? Uh, actually, I started backend. Well, I, I was always working on some kind of side project, and mm. my side project I worked on backend on some my side project. So, okay, so course, in the yeah. early years of my career, I don't have the change to work on backend. So I had to mm-hmm. I had to use my side project to um, to practice. And to mm-hmm. learn, yeah, 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 yeah. So without without my side project, I I will not be able to do backend, and yeah. will not be able to land a backend position in my next company. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I totally relate to that because also for me, I think the reason why I got my first job at Trivago as a backend engineer was because of my side projects, not because of actually what I've learned in college, it was because awesome. I was trying to build websites with PHP, and that, that's that I showed that, and I I kind of learned that. Uh, based on awesome. my side project, so I think we have that in common for sure. Um, awesome. And uh, so, tell me about your experience working working for others, like because for for me, I, I I was super excited at first, and then I would always get bored, or I would always feel there was something missing, right? So, tell me, was it the same for you? Yeah, I think uh, it really depend on the on the on the job. So, mm-hmm. uh, in total, I work. For companies for seven seven years, so the first mm. company was uh, the most fun I had with my company. I I, I think I get lucky again. <laughs> I landed it in company that at a medium small size, so people are kind mm-hmm. of close together, yeah. and 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 a lot of them are still friends until now. So yeah. uh, so so that's uh, that's uh, I guess I get lucky again, <laughs> but it did not mm. happen again for for my later companies. Okay, and also why did you leave of, the company? Uh, 
Oh, the company, so um, they they shut down because uh-huh. uh, so even uh, that that was an outsourcing company, mm-hmm. and they get a customer so big that they decided to sell out the whole team to that client. Yeah, yeah. And they do that twice. So after two times of acquisition, there's no one left. <laughs> <laughs> so they shut down oh, the, that was a really bad the decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was um my team was sold to another company in Vietnam and uh that mm-hmm. worked quite well, but uh but uh, the, the new company wasn't uh, wasn't a very a technical company. They were they are a retail company. So Okay. okay. Uh at at some point I decided that it wasn't a good fit anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so all these first companies were in Vietnam, right? Yeah, yeah. When did you decide then to to move? I think I worked for that company for two years, mostly doing front end and a lot of uh, experiment on front end stuff. So I gained a lot mm-hmm. of experience on on design and front end and and uh, CSS from that company. Okay. Design too? You do? Would you do any design as well? No, I I don't do any design. But by looking a lot at the designs that designers give you and implement that in in uh, CSS yeah, and, and yeah. HTML, you start to develop some US UI sense. Yeah. Get the intuition for it a little bit, right? Yeah, and by using a lot of other software and, and website, you you started mm. to see what makes sense and what not, and what yeah, is friendly yeah, and what yeah. is not friendly. Okay. So after that first company, I I uh, moved to another company, which is a Singapore company, but it was uh, in the Vietnam office. And I worked in Vietnam for another one year. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they closed down the office uh, in Vietnam, so they relocated me and okay. the team to Singapore. So that's how I got to Singapore. <laughs> okay. And uh, in this second company, I was doing Ruby on Rails. It was completely okay. new to me. Mm-hmm. I had to take a course, I buy a course from Udemy for fifty dollars, and then <laughs> learn Ruby on Rails <laughs> before yeah. I take on the job. I've never, I've never coded in Ruby. But I've heard it's super famous, actually. But yeah, in Vietnam, Ruby on Rails developers are always the highest salary. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the difference of living in Vietnam and uh, living in, in Singapore. So out of a sudden, you are, I guess, outside of your country, far away from your family in a different... Uh, well, to be honest, I've never visited either of these countries, so I, I don't really know how different they are. But I, I know that Singapore is very much like very like a big city, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the difference? Like, how did you feel? Well, in terms of family, I I was uh, I had never lived with my family since I moved to college because uh, we live uh, quite far yeah. so, apart to each other. I I moved okay. to the city to study, and then I stayed right. in the city to, to work. work. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it was not different for much for me. Uh, in terms of the environment, I think in Singapore there are more open opportunity and it's easier for you to advance the career. In Singapore, mm, especially right. you are coming from uh, from Vietnam like me, uh, I know a lot of people who are very good at coding, way way better than me. But because of course circumstances and opportunities, they could not manage to get a job in Singapore, even if they want to. Mm-hmm. And once you land in Singapore, the CV itself that you are you are now working in Singapore is means a lot to me back then. Mm, like it was a okay. it was a highlight in my mm. working history. Right. And uh, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, for for events and and the techni- uh, I would say the tech 
industry overall in right. Singapore, it gives you mm-hmm. more chances to grow mm-hmm. and and to learn. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the people in in Singapore, I, I can see that they are from all over the world come here, right, right. to work, and they are uh, they are very good at their job. So it's, mm-hmm. again, it's good for you to learn. How did it feel suddenly starting to to like meeting people from different cultures and all over the world? Like, did it kind of somehow open your your mind for other perspectives and other ways of seeing life, or or not so much? Oh well, I I have a huge imposter syndrome back then. <laughs> like I, really? I did not belong here. <laughs> well, how how did okay. I get here? <laughs> but, but yeah, it it, it uh, uh, the feeling goes away uh, by time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, as I talk more to people around me in the company and uh, and as genders as well, I started to get the sense, the, the overall sense of working in Singapore. And I can say after I, I I worked at the first company in Singapore after I relocated and then moved to Gendesk, I feel like after that I can move anywhere. Like okay. I feel like the op- the 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 opportunities are everywhere that I can. Even if after I work for for the uh, Gendesk company, I can mm-hmm. interview. I was having planned to interview at Google, Facebook because they were wow, all there. Yeah. Yeah. And Netflix as well. I was very hardcore back then in in terms of uh, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> programming and and uh, technology yeah. in general. You started feeling like what I like to describe the engineering rock star feeling. I, I had the same feeling when I was working in Travel. Like, yeah. <laughs> suddenly you you know you gain much more money than a lot of other professions. You have That's you true. don't work as much, right? Like you. Flexible schedules, I don't know. In, in we had like beer and and like parties, and you start feeling like, what what is this profession? Like in the beginning, like being a developer was like for nerds, and now suddenly, like we are rock stars. And I don't know, yeah. it starts kind of <laughs> feeling and 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 I guess you're you're trying more to follow than this kind of tech path and try to go to Google and yeah, yeah. To, to follow the, the the classic software engineering path. Um, yeah, were you like more tw- thinking about than the fame or or, or the money? Like, what was it like in your mind? What what did you want to achieve back then? I, I don't think it was a lot about money because uh, even even at the role that I was at my previous company, I was making a lot, okay, to my mm-hmm. in my opinion. So right. I think if I go to Google and like get like fifty percent rise or even double that, it was not mm-hmm. a significant feeling for for me. Like if you ten uh, as the salary, it was it would be significant. But if you two of course. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel much more. Like I, I cannot consume more. You know. Yeah. yeah Even yeah, if I have more money. Yeah. yeah. So great it was feeling, more like way. it was. Yeah. yeah great feeling. <laughs> it was more like the fame, and the proud, mm. the self proud yeah. of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted to achieve that. I yeah. wanted to become like the best people in the industry, like Linus Torvald. The, the guy yeah. who wrote Linus, yeah, <laughs> um, DHH, you know, the guy who yeah. wrote Rail, Rail, Ruby on Rails, yeah, the those legendaries was was what I was aiming for, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, if I would go straight to the end, I would say that uh, I would have never, like, I will never <laughs> achieve that. I know because mm-hmm. um, uh, at some point I realized that uh, I cannot even I, I cannot process further. Like my ability is limited. Okay. Even if I was the best in the area, in the company, or or in the whole country, 
mm-hmm. at some point you 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 look at and you see that uh, uh, this is your limit. You cannot go higher. But what what made you decide that? What what made you think that that was your limit? Uh, I think I can go a little bit further in the career path, but I can see that uh, I can I could never be a success as someone as some of the legendaries I, I shared with you earlier. But so, why? Um, you think you I, don't have the skills or you don't have the passion to work for it? I uh, I think I don't have enough skill. Yeah. Mm. So I uh, at the time I was reading a lot of books and a lot of hardcore mm. books on Linux programming, yeah. on, on yeah. data intensive applications, uh-huh. on streaming, on distributed system microservices. Yeah. I read a lot of those because I, I those were the thing were the thing that I aiming forward to. And at some point, I think I started to don't see the point anymore. I didn't see the point uh, anymore. So your your entrepreneurship voice started talking louder and say like, I "Why do you so. want to to optimize this one millisecond? Like, there's no point. No user will ever notice." Is that it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I I spent a lot of time on 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 that phase where I learn. I keep learning a lot, doing a lot of leak code, yeah, reading yeah. a lot of books, and 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 sometimes. When I have free time, I don't have anything in my mind. And remember back when I was younger, I was building yeah. apps. I like that more. Yeah. I like building yeah. just small little apps and have people use it. And they told me yeah. that that app has saved me countless hours. And I, f- I like that feeling. Yeah. And, yeah, and I know what okay, you mean. working as, a, as an engineer in the back end, working on large, large scale system, also has mm-hmm. its own, its own satisfaction satisfy yeah. in it but it yeah it doesn't does not feel as close as you are building something directly for yeah. your users it's completely different yeah 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 and uh, and you know as uh as enter- enterprise uh, the last company mm-hmm. i worked for enterprise you you feel like you are a cock in a big machine like literally yeah and that was the first time i ever feel like that because uh, previously yeah. i only worked for outsource company and 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 later on a startup, and then I mm-hmm. jumped to an enterprise, a big enterprise. For the uh, in the first year, I learned a lot. I I really like it. The first year, and mm-hmm. then uh, after the first year, the second year, I started to feel like I I'm getting used to this, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's not good, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. What too you mean, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too comfortable, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, I totally understand yeah. what you mean. Like w- when you feel that you you could be hit by a bus tomorrow and nothing would change in this company, that you have almost no impact, right? Uh, yeah, they would like replace you with the, the next engineer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, right. any enterprise company will will cover that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they have everything. Covered. So your entrepreneur entrepreneur calling or voice started to to <laughs> call you very loudly. And you yeah. you had this decision, the decision of quitting your job and going full time as an indie hacker. You you had saved money, right? Because you didn't have uh, yeah. you you were getting more money than you actually could spend. So you had ob- obviously some some uh, savings. So tell me yeah. this process of making the decision of like going all in and quitting your job. The indie hackers community was not a thing for me back then. I did not know about that. Mm-hmm. I know there's a there's a I don't know about the indie hacker term. But I have not seen anyone, and I don't know about the community on Twitter and on the IndieHackers.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back then, I I I know a lot of 
no, I know a few people from Vietnam as well who are building apps and then they make a living from it independently. And also uh, at some point they make way more than the the usual salary that you would get from a high paying uh, job in, in tech. So okay. it started to be uh, to become clear to me that it is possible that you can you can build apps and and live an independent life, and right. even yeah. better that you can earn way more than you uh, than you work for Google, even even Google or Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I know that it was possible, and then and then I started to look at my all of my side projects. I have a lot of side mm. projects all the time, always. But there was never, there were never anything that make money. So right. I started to think about something that I think the next side project of mine will be something that I will charge money. So I started looking at 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 how to collect payment and mm-hmm. thinking about ideas and uh, what kind of apps that I can make and uh, what kind of app would make money for me and uh, and yeah, I started to experiment on a lot of apps. And uh, mm-hmm. it started from there. And uh, so is that when you built DevUtils? Actually, DevUtils wasn't the first attempt. Uh, before DevUtils, I, I was building another idea. And okay. uh, and uh, it wasn't a success. And I have never talked about it at all. <laughs> like, it, it was a failure. <laughs> so <laughs> coming from a hardcore engineer background, Mm-hmm. I got a, I got into a trap that I really want to share with all the people that who I think they, a lot of people will have this trap that we want to build something as an engineer we want to build something that right. beautiful from the inside <laughs> yeah so yeah that's so true like yeah. I took code as a form of art is yeah. it was not something practical it's a form of art so I was yeah. doing a lot of useless things. <laughs> That will mm. satisfy my engineering engineering showed, but will mm. not be uh, satisfying. Uh, like w- will not make sense at all if you are a, a solo engineer. So s- the app was something for for developers to to view logs. So that's a kind of a log viewer app. And I was spending a lot of time on designing, uh, designing both the the uh, the UI UX and also the architecture. I use a uh, Golang and Swift. Uh, Golang mm-hmm. is a backend, and Swift is a native UI. And I right. uh, use Protobuf to make the con- wow. communication layer between. Yeah. So that later, all the, you know, all the I get... bleeding edge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the idea was that when I have the backend in Golang and the Protobuf layer, I can port this to Windows and Linux. You know, and yeah, yeah, only yeah. need to rebuild the UI part. You know, so I was. Almost building an, a framework for <laughs> for that communication layer, and then I I still managed to get quite far with that. I built the app, I get all the unit tests light out, uh, mm-hmm. all green, unit a lot tests. of unit. Yes, you even built unit tests for a wow for a side project. It's amazing. Yeah. that's really engineering. <laughs> well, that was a well, that was my first attempt. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I I did a lot of things that doesn't make sense for for one person team at all. Yeah. And it but was it's, all it's because normal. Of, You're learning, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a, a big learning for me. Yeah. And I think I I I I built that for a few months, like four months or even five months. 
part time. But that you you were still yeah. having your your job, right? This was still a yeah, side yeah, yeah. project. Okay. That was that uh, it was still a side project. I built it on weekends and and at night. So okay. still have a full time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so at some point, at some point, I I get bored. <laughs> like it's already <laughs> it, it, it's already like four months, five months, and uh, the product is only five have months. one feature. Uh, yeah, <laughs> only one have one feature, and it is still buggy. <laughs> all the <laughs> all the abstractions layers and all the communication layers and and, and the fancy yeah. stuff, it cannot prevent bugs. <laughs> I, yeah, a lot of unit tests, but still, but but still, are still there, <laughs> and and it wasn't at the quality that I would be proud to show people. Yeah, so yeah. I did not show it to anyone, and I closed the project and I archive it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a great yeah. project if you wanna continue going to Google, for instance, because you can show that you learn all of this product above Golang, blah blah, but not for an an entrepreneur, right? I think the the thing that I wanted to to make with that failure is the the project I wanted I wanted it to open a big files like a terabyte size log files and it can pass mm-hmm. smoothly. So right. I get that to work to work a little bit still buggy, you know. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I don't even have a working like a minimal working problem solving application for people to use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I was aiming too big. So I guess you, you changed that approach afterwards, right? So when yeah. you you start, started to build like an MVP, something that you could show right away, was it? Right? Yeah, right. And now now if I build something, I would build an MVP that is minimal as possible, that that uh, provide minimal value for the user. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. important that you have to provide a net positive value because mm-hmm. without if the if the inconvenience of the problem is is painful enough that and and the app solve it in a very minimal way even a, even a very minimal they yeah. will keep to use it if it, if it's a net mm. positive value they will keep using it and then when True. you establish that base you can start to increase the value that you deliver to people mm. and yeah. and at the same time you you get feedback and 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 you get users yeah. and you improve the app the, the app by the time so it's is the way I build uh, mm-hmm. I, I build apps right now, yeah. So so tell me what problem were you at first trying to solve with uh, with Black Magic? Black Magic comes after I jumped on Twitter. So right. uh, before that, I built Dev Utils, right? And mm-hmm. and Dev Utils um, after I launched it on Hacker News got some traction. Yeah, uh, I think Dev is basically a collection of multiple tools. That developers can use without having to go online, right? Like like a JSON formatter and I don't know something like that. That they can just use it and they don't have to, yeah, go online and do do the classic JSON online free converter or something or JSON this kind yeah, of search yeah. on Google. Yeah, I guess I guess I can uh, I can talk about it a little bit. So, DevUtils is is a problem that I that I face myself like every day. Like, yeah. I think if you are a developer, so you know about stuff like uh, converting a unit time to a human readable format. Yeah. And, and from Martin JSON and decoding a base 64 or decoding your yes, JWT yes, tokens. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, it's very inconvenient and very, very time consuming to open a new browser tab. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the second thing, sometimes you want to decode a token and that is quite sensitive. 
And you cannot mm, copy yeah. the company data and paste that randomly on any website, especially exactly. like stuff yeah. like the JSON payload may not be very good to share that with uh, to, to paste that online. Exactly. And yeah. some like private key, uh, some certificate, uh, those kind of stuff. Is, it 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 become a real problem, like security problem, if you if you do yeah. that online. So yeah, a lot of a lot of small tools I gather into one small uh, native Mac OS app, mm-hmm. and I use that for myself for a while, and I started to send that to my friends, and they like it. It was all free back then. <laughs> all the yeah. all of my friends that I know in person, I let them use for free even now. So, uh, so okay. I don't sell to friends. <laughs> I only sell to strangers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, they gave me feedback, a lot of feedback, and uh, I improved the app. At the time I launched on Hacker News, it was only have five or six tools. <laughs> now now I have 40, 40 tools, different kind of tools, and tools. every tool okay. is carefully crafted. Like the UI is carefully crafted one by one. It's not something like a book string manipulator yeah, uh, yeah, or, yeah. or converter or something. It's, it's a UI buttons, uh, test boxes. Mm. And and wow. all that stuff mm-hmm. with native UI app. So yeah. I think that the fact that it is a native app make it hard to copy <laughs> because a lot of yeah. people like us, web developers, we tend to do web apps. So there are a lot of copycats, but they do right. they only yeah. they could only do one electron or online apps. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen a copycat with native app before. Maybe after mm-hmm. someone listens to this, they will they will yeah. try to <laughs> compete with me. But I hope I hope they will not. <laughs> Uh, somehow I I got the skills that um, necessary to build a native app. I learned Swift, and uh, I guess uh, the fact that it is native get me a lot of customers, and a lot of people mm. like it just because it it is native and work right. offline. And then uh, when when did you decided to start asking money for it? Uh, it was open source for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I open source the source code. And basically, people can download the code and compile the app so that they can use it for free. So mm. in the license, I stated clear that you can download the source code and you can build the app, but you cannot sell the you cannot sell the app. Okay, right. but if you want to have a pre-built version, a preview, a pre-built app, you can buy, uh, you can pay for nine dollars. So mm. that was the first uh, the first price. So. Uh, because uh, when I started building that, I already have a target up uh, of uh, selling it because you know I was trying to break out. Yeah, with my you already have this <laughs> mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was already always in my mind that I will charge for this at some point. I just mm-hmm. don't know in what way or, or how to do it. Yeah, but yeah, I I gave it for free using open source, and then I sell the pre-built. Uh, and a lot of people would opt in to buy the pre-built version, making uh, my first dollars on Hacker News. Ooh, yeah. Nice. It was, I was literally jumping. Yeah. Oh, man, I can yeah, imagine. Literally jumping so, in the room. <laughs> so you use Hacker News as a way of launching your uh, this tool, DevTools. Yeah. I, I, I didn't consider it a launch at all. I just posted right. it. Like, I, I just uh, try my luck. And and yeah, I get yeah, lucky. Yeah. I, it worked. I, somehow, yeah. I, I get lucky. Yeah. I think I don't I don't uh, post to Hacker News often. Mm-hmm. And and that one I, I think that the Hacker News crowd would be interested in this. 
So I yeah, posted yeah, once. Yeah. It's perfect. And somehow it got yeah. up. So yeah, I mm -hmm. I definitely got lucky there. Yeah. yeah. So you started building this tool, you started seeing that you could make money out of it. When did you like decided to quit your job to go full time? Debutio did not make a lot of money for me in the in the early days. So okay. I even uh I even I really wanted to. Uh the revenue was not very very good. Hundred how much a month. how much? Hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month, and I, I, I didn't think that it would be a success. A success. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't. I was not have a lot of confidence in the product back then. So I did not quit my job uh, based on Dev Studios. So I needed to try another one. And right. uh, and Dev Studios uh, at times I put the project in inactive mode. Because mm -hmm. uh, I one thing I was trying to gather more feedbacks around it, and another thing I was a little bit losing motivation. Even though I used the app every day, I did not manage to sell a lot, and right. because of that, because of that, I sometimes I, I feel losing motivation, and yeah, I stop working sense. for the app from time to time. Like at mm. at at one time, I think the whole month I did not work on it at all, mm. just play games. <laughs> Just take a break and play games. Yeah, I still yeah. have my full-time job. Important, by the way. Which is important. What What were you waiting for to quit your full-time job? Like, did you have like a, a goal? Like, I want to be making, I don't know, five hundred MRR or something like that. Do you have a goal before? I don't have a goal, but uh, the thing that I am looking for before I quit my job is a clear trajectory to reach sometime some somewhere around two k US dollar a month. That will cover my basic costs and allow me to travel and and you know doing nomad stuff. So I I don't really need to get to 2k. I just need a clear trajectory. What does that mean? It means that I know exactly what to do to get there in in about one year or two years. You know. Wow, and but it's so hard because an entrepreneur like you never know. It's for me. It's yeah, the most yeah, yeah. random and unpredictable thing in the world so like how do you know that if you keep on doing the same thing in two years you'll get there like what statistics yeah. do you look for i i don't know i i did not have any statistics at all i i guess it's mostly about gut feeling right but at the time i i definitely i would definitely not quitting my job at at the time when i building their right. videos and only have 200 dollars a month and if it was not even recurrent you know so we could yeah, go down yeah, to yeah, zero true. anytime. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't have a clear plan on how mm. would I I I increase the revenue if I quit my job now. So I did not quit my job because of that. Mm -hmm. So I I don't really have I, I don't really need to have a clear clear uh, like plan, but I yeah. You need to feel it. You need to feel okay. We're getting there. Like it's yeah. it's, it's getting to. Did did that feeling then come later for DevUtils? It did come later, but for another product, which is Black Magic. Okay. Ah, <laughs> yeah, so you, and you started Black Magic before quitting your job? Yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. Tell so me it's, about it's that. So it's quite related to each other, quite closely related to each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let me share about this. So uh, so at the time, right, as I share, Deputios was poorly performed and it made very little money. So I look at other people who are also indie hackers from Vietnam as well, so fellow Vietnamese. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I looked at them and uh, they shared to me that you should jump on Twitter. Like people 
on the internet are on Twitter. And your customer are probably there, there too. So you should jump on Twitter, uh, make a noise, make noises. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, maybe you will have more customer to your dev details app. So so that's why I decided to to uh, log back into my yeah. old Twitter account and started to tweet and started mm-hmm. to learn how to how to how to use Twitter <laughs> and right. uh, how to how to build an audience on Twitter. And uh, and uh, and that's how I I started. So the purpose of going on Twitter is to somehow getting more traffic to that YouTube. Yeah, because at the time it's it's uh, a marketing uh, channel, yeah. Twitter, right? Yes, it was a marketing marketing channel yeah. for me, and now it's still. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. At the time, uh, at the time, if I um, the the website, the dev YouTube website, it doesn't have any visitor at all. <laughs> If I don't do anything, like I don't send a link anywhere, yeah. it doesn't have any visitor at all. And yeah, I know now jumping yeah. on Twitter, <laughs> having a presence on Twitter, the traffic getting there is quite consistent. So mm. it was a huge win. So if anyone is yeah. building any product and uh, going on a, a solo indie, you should jump on Twitter or have an yeah, audience definitely, somewhere. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Build, build a community somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I jump on Twitter, as you know, as a, as a developer. When you see problem, you started to think how to solve problem with code. So mm-hmm. when I use Twitter, I see yeah, a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of problems on Twitter. Like I wanted to do this, but I, I cannot. I wanted to do that. I also cannot. So one of the things that I tried to do back then was to create noise, like cr- do something that that outstanding, that creative, that catches the attention right. from people. Yeah, so I was thinking, oh, okay, what? Uh, Twitter have a banner. It says a profile picture. What can I do with it? Like, what, mm. can I can I use a gift for my banner? I cannot. Can I use mm. a gift for my profile? I cannot. Um, yeah. But then I look at the API, and I think uh, I find out that I I cannot make it a gift, but I can update it every fifteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like I can do it. Like Twitter yeah. API somehow allows me to do. To update my banner and my profile pic every 15 seconds. So I started to see what else I can do with it. Like, okay, I can update my banner for every 15 seconds. What can I do that is fun, that is yeah. creative, and that catches people attention? So yeah, I, totally. But there's something. Sorry to interrupt. There's something really interesting. So when mm-hmm. I first started with Twitter, because very mm-hmm. similar, people just told me, "Yeah, go to Twitter. There's a lot of indie hacking hackers there or something." And I started. And I didn't do mm. that. Like I was like just tweeting <laughs> and and liking and and trying to figure out how to work with the algorithm, but definitely mm. not like okay, how can I put gifts on my bio? Like this didn't <laughs> didn't come to mind. So no. why did this come to your mind? That's what I'm, uh, you know, curious. About. I I think I started like you like you too. I I started to jump on Twitter. I comment to people. I tweet. I tweet. I tweet more than I comment to people. And I realized that mm-hmm. uh, when you have less than 100 followers, you tweet to an empty space. <laughs> nobody yeah, listens yeah, to yeah. you. Uh, nobody read. So the only thing that they will read and they will interact with your tweet is that something that creative, that yeah. uh, out of the world, you know, ah. that's fun. So after a while of, of using Twitter the usual way, the normal way, I think uh, mm-hmm. it's happened around, uh, it, it happened for one or two months. In my first mm-hmm. uh, time, uh, the first time I used Twitter, for the first uh, the one or two months, I, I use it as a normal person. I tweet uh, boring stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then I realized that in order to to get attention, I need to do something 
yeah. out of the bus. You know? How did you realize that? Like, did you see something that triggered that thought? Did you, or yeah, it was it was it was clear that um, because when I browse Twitter, I see a lot of viral tweet that have the same characteristic. So yeah. viral tweet or popular tweet, not not necessarily viral. Those mm-hmm. tweets are either funny. I'm not funny, so I can't do that. Uh, very <laughs> in-depth about some topic. I could yeah. not do that as well. I, I didn't write very well back then. So yeah, I, and, and the other thing is that something funny and something uh, funny and creative and, 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 and catching people's attention. Right, um, right. I'm not sure if you're familiar with one of the accounts that I follow on Twitter. That person, I don't know if she or he, um, build build crazy stuff on on macOS and then they record a gif, a small small bites of gifs and videos, show that, and the ah, things that that person no, do mm-hmm. that person does is is so unique and so stupid, but but <laughs> it's so fun and so creative. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted yeah. to do something like that with web with JavaScript and with Twitter. Yeah. So I was yeah. going. Uh, I was using that as my main. Um, strategies to grow on Twitter in the right, early days. Right. Yeah. So let me just ask you this. So would you take your time to reflect? Like, is this in your process to like take a step back and take really hours or even days to think, okay, what can I do to make people notice me? Like, w- would it be something that you would like really stop and think or or not so much? You just came to your head and you tried to do it impulsively. No, I was actively looking for crazy shit to do on Twitter. <laughs> okay. I did, I was actively looking and trying to read stuff that inspires me to do crazy stuff. Okay. It was not okay. something like like I was I was having lunch and then oh well, let's do this. No, yeah. it was not. I okay. I was I was trying a lot of stuff and I was that's important. That's keep, important. Keep yeah. brain, brainstorming like every yeah. time uh, I see something creative, I like whoa, can I? What can I do that's similar to this yeah. and have the same craziness, the same yeah. the same viralness? <laughs> I think that that's so important as an entrepreneur because we tend to just go into autopilot mode and just repeat like, okay, let's yeah. tweet. And you just re- tweet and tweet and whatever comes to your mind, tweet, tweet. And you go into this autopilot mode and then you feel that you don't have time for anything. So you feel that you don't have time to think. Right, yeah. but I see that yeah. it's really crucial to just take a step back, maybe one, two, maybe a week. Don't go, yeah. don't do anything. Just reflect and think and plan ahead. And it's it's nice to yeah. see that you you did that and it actually worked. Yeah, I I think I I've done it in a very unhealthy way. <laughs> at uh, at well, the time why? I started working on Twitter, I think I spend more than four hours a day, or maybe five oh, hours a day nothing. every day. Okay, <laughs> everyone does that. Yeah, on Twitter. Well, at least oh, I do. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe it's just us, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was spending a lot of time to yeah, basically yeah. test everything. I I do all, all kind of stuff to try to crave out the attention from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. and and get people to notice. And yeah, I, some of some of the tweets blows up and get me a few hundreds first followers. Yeah, and then something blow up uh, and, uh, later on, get me a few mm-hmm. more thousand. So Especially what was the first thing, thing that blew up that uh, got you a lot of followers? Uh, the first thing that blow, blows up was an experiment I did with JavaScript. I, I was mm-hmm. building a water simulation stuff. It's fun. It, it, it's, it's like a game, but it's not necessarily a game. A, w- a water simulation? Yeah. 
it's like a game like you draw on the screen yeah and uh-huh. then and then the the blocks turn into water and then it fall down and uh-huh. then it's, okay. it behaves like a water you know it's okay. just fun i was playing that uh, a game and then i was fascinated by the water simulation mechanic in that yeah. game then i tried to reproduce yeah. it with javascript mm-hmm. and after i do it i i i see that this is quite fun i will share that mm-hmm. I, i should share this and i share this on twitter and i uh, sh- uh then i i copy that tweet and i reply to other people where people say ah oh, what are you working on this weekend ah uh, oh, i built this <laughs> what a simulation <laughs> yeah and then one of the reply got me uh i think a few a few hundred followers <laughs> wow hundred followers crazy uh, yeah, yeah in a in a in a range of i think few days yeah yeah it's amazing yeah it was it was the first to see yeah yeah And then you started thinking, okay, I found it. I found the thing that will yeah, that yeah. will give me traction. I double right? down on that a lot. <laughs> I really yeah. double down on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next thing that w- that it blowed blowed up was um, the banner thing. Yeah. So so when people follow me, they show up on my banner just like that. Yeah. And I and now sure you see a lot I, of people doing that. Is it because yeah. of you? You were the first one. I'm pretty sure I'm not. I was not the first one, but I think I I'm the first one who get popular. So this idea was I know people who stream their games on the Twitter banner and let people mm-hmm. control the game using the keystroke. I read that somewhere, but this idea about following and then your profile pictures show up on the banner, I'm not sure if anyone yeah. have ever tried that. I'm, I'm I I don't really know, but I think mine is the one that got popular and then a lot of people write about it a lot of people um uh, uh record a video on how to build that how to use the mm-hmm. api to to do that with javascript and api and it's just and and after that people just do that all the time oh, like everywhere okay. <laughs> it started to pop up yeah. and uh everywhere but you're still not selling anything this was still not yeah. black magic right <laughs> this was not black magic this was not okay yeah That did have a viral ingredient in it. Like when you follow and then you you show up on a banner, you are so surprised and you think it's so cool that you comment yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. And then people want to try, you know. People want to try. Yeah. And they follow me, and then they, <laughs> they find it so cool that they decided to stay. They don't unfollow, or maybe they yeah, don't. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They forget to unfollow me. <laughs> But yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, after forty eight hours, I think I gained like four thousand followers. Four thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I was incredible. I was doing that. I was doing that around the time when I celebrate my 1k follower milestone, and yeah, then the yeah. next two days I get to 5k. Some... Oh, <laughs> wow. dude, that's that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I could <laughs> yeah, not sleep. Yeah, yeah. I could not sleep at those days. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine the adrenaline yeah, must exciting. be really high. Yeah, it was. And then exciting, the snake. Yeah. Yeah, the snake come after. Tell me about this. <laughs> I I saw the video on YouTube, man. That that I I didn't actually interact with it, but it sounds sick. Sound really cool. So tell me about this. Yeah, the snake is the next thing I did. So so uh, uh, another thing. Uh, so after that banner thing, right? People started to give me ideas. Like they give me a lot of ideas. <laughs> you should do this. You should do that. Yeah. Um, the snake is one of the things that comes up the most often, and the second most often is showing the stats. Like MMR stats oh, yeah, for yeah, people yeah, who yeah. build in public, and yeah. even show stats from Twitter itself. But I didn't manage to get the time to get around any of that. And I mm. 
I decided to go with the uh, snack idea. Mm. So uh, if you comment to any about it with the arrow emojis, you can control mm-hmm. the position of the snack and then you can eat the food. And then I have a, I have a, a leaderboard where you, I show yeah. the people who, who have the highest score. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people really try hard to get into the top. So it was quite fun. But wait, I don't, I don't understand it. So where, where is the game happening? Is it in your header image on Twitter? Yeah, so it happened like this. So the, my header is a game. The whole game is on my Twitter. You have a board with squares and you have a mm-hmm. snake, with, which is also a series of squares, right? Mm-hmm. So when you comment to my tweet, any of my tweet, yeah, you comment a left arrow. Yeah. Then the snake on my banner, like 15 seconds later, the snake on my banner will move one square to the left. But then everyone is moving the same snake, right? Yes. So you have to be fast. <laughs> yeah. But how can you have a leaderboard then if everyone is moving the same snake? Uh, so I know that. So I designed the game so that you can move multiple steps at once. So you can, okay. uh, instead of only reply uh, a, sing- a single arrow, you can reply left, 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 up, up, left, left. <laughs> That's so So that cool. you can secure, you can secure one point if you are fast enough. <laughs> ah. That's so creative. Yeah, in my experience, not that a lot of people playing the game at the same time, like many people think. So uh, usually it's very easy to play if you just spend the time. I think there's one person who spent... No, (laughs) I I stood it down already. But uh, I I think I will will put it up back at some some point (laughs) to get some more engagement. uh, When I was doing it, I think I have uh, less than 10k followers. Now I have more. I think it will, it will catch it will more blow players. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe bring yeah. another game. Why not? Yeah, even if That's I risk. had, I have the time. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, at this point, how many followers after the snake game? How many followers did you have? I don't really, I don't really remember about the snake one. It was quite uneventful for me. It was fun. Okay. A lot of engagement, but but it was not contributed a lot of followers. Only engagement. So okay. the only significant uh, increase in my followers was that one time when I go from 1K to 5K. Uh, after that, I, uh, yeah, I just been normal again. And sometimes occasionally <laughs> okay. I, I do some crazy, uh, crazy stuff again. Lately, okay. I've been lazy on, on doing those crazy stuff. Instead, yeah. I, uh, I tweet more about my building the public. Building public. I guess sometimes right. I should get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the growth had been quite consistent since that mm. time. I think so, it was so, a very good start. So it, right. it, it became easier later on. So was all, all of these experiments that did they like made you realize that wait, I maybe people will pay to have these experiences in their own Twitter profile, and that kind yeah. of came up brought the idea of of black magic. Is that it? Yeah, that exactly that exactly how it went. And that prof, uh, that banner right and the profile pic as well the progress bar up um, yeah. the profile pic ah uh, yeah a lot yeah, of people yeah. yeah that that as well uh, a lot of people want that on their profile mm-hmm. so i did that and i didn't didn't know how to uh, what to name the product so i named it black magic it's like some yeah. magical stuff happening on twitter exactly uh, yeah. the original the name, name was name. was uh, twitter black magic but then i figured mm-hmm. out that twitter would probably sue me <laughs> <laughs> if I use Twitter in my product, yeah. so I, I removed Twitter. It's now it's just blackmagic.so. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and and uh, i started to put a lot of stuff a lot of small little tools uh the profile progress bar yeah. and the real-time banner yeah. and uh very similar people, to dev utils yeah which is really interesting yeah, so yeah, dev yeah, utils yeah. was the same for developers and now you're basically copying the same model but for twitter yeah. users yeah that's true that's true yeah what were the the bit the first features that you included before actually start selling or I know that at first you didn't even sell you you shared with people I, I got your one of the codes actually in the beginning I used it in the beginning yeah uh, yeah I gave it for free I I even share the source code the source code is still open right now on my yeah. GitHub so okay. I, I I let the people use for free but uh, you know uh, creating an application with API key and stuff is quite complicated for most yeah. people. Yeah. So I make it into a SaaS, uh, which is Blackmagic, mm -hmm. and I let people mm -hmm. use it for free. I, 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 I slap in the beta, the beta tag. Mm -hmm. So I say, mm -hmm. this is a beta software. You can use this for free. So mm -hmm. that when I decided to charge people, I can, when I, when I move out of beta, I can start to charge people. And right. uh, the, the profile progress bar was the first thing that I uh, charge people. I, I get a very low fee. It was four dollars a month, I think. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it was four dollars a month, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of customers, right now still on that plan, and they can mm. use all the feature that I add all the time from ah. that point to now. <laughs> so you, <laughs> that's the that's the business. So, yeah, definitely. So you have you have multiple tiers, and the more yeah. you pay, the more features you get. Is that right? No, it, it was it was not like that. Um, mm. So at the beginning, it only has the profile progress bar, right? It was the only feature. So I right. sell it at $4 a month. So anyone mm -hmm. who pay $4 a month, yeah, that progress bar feature. And then right. I add more features to Blackmagic. Every time I add a new feature, I increase the price. What about so, the, the early users? Did they have to pay more? No, they don't. I grandfather them. Ah, yeah. Got it. So they have the same price. They are still paying $4 for all the features you have now. They are, yeah. Wow. <laughs> a lot of them, okay. quite a lot of them, actually. That, that's really so, amazing. The more people, uh, the more features I added to Blackmagic, the the higher price I put. So right yeah. now it's $20 a month for the, for the uh -huh. professional account. And how much money were you making just from the, the, the bar? Somewhere around 100 MRR. 100 okay. monthly uh, recurrent revenue. Okay. And uh, and uh, I launched it. I launched uh, the tool and um, I launched the, the sleep indicator, which is another pro another tool. Oh, in the yeah. Is it? That's <laughs> also yours? Yeah. That's so you've seen like, that I've, around? I, I've seen it everywhere. Like the sleep indicator, <laughs> the, the bar, everything. <laughs> and now I realize everything is black magic. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. amazing. People, people told me that I, I can put the ZZZ icons when they are sleeping so people know that they are sleeping <laughs> so they don't, you know, if they are late yeah. to response, they will know why. Yeah. <laughs> I found it quite funny and uh, I implemented yeah. it. <laughs> by, the, by the way, this is one of the questions that I got from Twitter. Uh, how do you decide which features work next? Like, how do you prioritize which features to add to Blackmagic? Uh, in the beginning, my top one priority is to get traction to right. get attention i was still i was still in the progress of getting more attention on twitter mm. so i even that i know it may not make a lot of money and i i think i i did know that uh, things like the banner and the progress bar is fun mm -hmm. 
But paying yeah. for money for that, I don't think a lot of people would be willing to. So that's why I right. also give it for free for the most part. And mm. um, yeah, so the, the priority was to get attention so that later on, if I build something significant, I will have the audience and I have the free right. users so that it will it will leverage all the things that I have right. done on this law. Smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I only add the things that I like. <laughs> The sleep, okay. indi- sleep indicator is fun, so I added that. <laughs> I also added, so just because uh, you like it, not yeah. because a lot of people were asking for it. It's a miss. It's a miss of all. Okay. Yeah. So the, w- the one thing that I don't like, but a lot of people people ask, so I added it was the stock market price graph. Mm. So you, the, the real time manner you can show the stock market price and also the crypto coin price. Right. I don't really buy into that idea, but yeah. a lot of people, especially the people in the Web3 area and yeah, I can and the crypto yeah. community, they yeah. tell me, well, if you do this, you know, if you do this, and then I will post on Reddit <laughs> and it, it will go viral for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, Did it go? Well, Did it go viral? No. <laughs> <laughs> I look into the API, I get the price data from one of the exchange, I get into the stock market API, I <laughs> gather all the thing. I did the graph. I did all the marketing stuff, and I post on on Reddit. And uh, some people say, "Oh, wow, cool, cool," and and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, that's thank it. you. <laughs> no, yeah, that's cool. I I, I even put it on on Hacker News, and one of the comment, yeah. if I remember correctly, why, man, why? I <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, it's for fun. That's, it's mostly for amazing. fun." <laughs> So I guess you yeah. learned a lesson also, like don't do things that you don't like. Yeah, but uh, for the crypto part, I think I, um, I, I don't really regret doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't really regret doing that because uh, they, are, they earn me quite a few uh, free users. So that's, that's not mm-hmm. nothing. So Got it's it. still yeah. something that I think it will make sense. And also the code around building the, the graph on the banner, mm-hmm. I can reuse that code to do stuff like showing uh, live yeah. MRR or, or exactly. analytics. So I was yeah. thinking that I can at least reuse most of this um, mm. if this is a failure. So I right. wasn't really regret right. that. But mm. somehow till now, I still haven't have anything new. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when, when did you decide to, to quit your job? How much money uh, were you already making on Blackmagic? Yeah, I think at the time I had... 300 MRR, it was a big jump from 100 to 300, and sometimes mm-hmm. 350 MRR. How long did MRR. it take? A uh, few months, I think, a few months. Mm-hmm. Okay. few months, yeah. So my graph is not consistent growth like this, but it's it jumbling, uh, jump from 0 to 100, and then goes flat for a month or two, and then jump from mm-hmm. 100 to 300 and go flat. And uh, at the time, it jumped to 350. I had a quite... I don't remember exactly how much, maybe 4,000, 7,000 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of free users from Blackmagic. Mm-hmm. I have some MRR, 50, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 350 MRR. Mm-hmm. I also have mm-hmm. some revenue from DevUtils as well because of all of mm-hmm. my activity on Twitter. My DevUtils right, started right, to get revenue right. as well. So mm-hmm. I was thinking this has a future. <laughs> Yeah. It has a future, for sure. You had a gut feeling I, that, okay, this will yeah. this will fly. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not have 2K MRR. I did not have 2K MRR, but I have a but feeling that I can get, get there. there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I can get there. 
And also, right. if I don't, like, in two years, I still have enough money to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I, yeah, I was yeah, making yeah, a lot yeah. for, on my on my job, so mm. uh, I was ready to make that sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Even if I don't make any money for the next two years, I'm okay with that. So, how long did it take, or how long did it pass since the moment you start going on Twitter and then quitting your job? How many months were there? I joined on Twitter on March, and then mm -hmm. on the end of August, I quit my job. Six months of uh, still working as a side gig and then going, yeah, okay. But when you started, then you kind of already this gut feeling that uh, it could go somewhere. That's that's very yeah. interesting. Uh. Yeah, that that's a that's the thing I was looking for. Um, if yeah. I wait for two K MR, I feel like I would uh, either become performing very poorly in my job because all the craziness coming in my side business life i would yeah. uh, it would be affected to my job and i don't i don't want that yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah so i i as soon as possible as soon as i see i see something working i tell my boss that i will quit my job and okay. I, I also even tell them uh, i'm working on this and this <laughs> if yeah. you want you can uh, tell the company to buy the license for, <laughs> for the whole company <laughs> that did not happen uh <laughs> So now, so now tell me how like your routine changed, because this is something that a lot of people also ask, like what's Tony's routine? How is he able to, to ship so many features? So how did your routine change from, you know, doing this as a side project, probably working at nights and weekends, and now suddenly you can work on this full time? Like, did you go crazy and like kind of burn out and work too much? <laughs> or did you, were you able to like define a proper routine? I think I, I have that definitely... On some degree of burnout. <laughs> At <Okay>. first, I <laughs> thought I would have all the time in the world, so I can do yeah. everything I wanted. But then it, it, it got me the um, the energy got me. I I feel so much energized and so much motivation yeah. to do a lot of stuff, and yeah. I ended up working a lot more than I would do in my full time job. And <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, now even now I'm free. I don't have weekends anymore, and that was <laughs> uh, that was the uh, first few months after I quit my job. So mm. in the morning, I wake up, uh, building, yeah. uh, writing a lot of code, and release yeah. right in the afternoon. And then after I release, I record some video and some demos, share it on Twitter, and do that mm -hmm. over and over and over again. So okay. uh, morning building, afternoon sharing, and, weekends and, and all, everything. Weekend and all, yeah. Wow. And especially at one time when I was moving back to from Singapore to Vietnam, yeah. I had to move in uh, to a concentrated. Uh, Uh, quarantine, COVID-19 quarantine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had nothing else to do in that quarantine area. Yeah, oh. I had nothing else. Me and my laptop. And yeah. I could all the time, all the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so it, the, the routine was like, yeah. yeah, like I said, building and then sharing yeah. and tweeting on on, uh, on the afternoon and, and mm. at night. Uh, uh, yeah, it was quite quite intensive. Now I don't yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> I, I yeah. started to feel like it could quite it was quite a lot for me. And at the time I reached it, um 2K MRR and 3K MRR, I feel like okay, okay, I can slow down It's now. Time to I, relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm safe. <laughs> I think I'm safe. <laughs> so, so so for I, all the, the listeners yeah. here of the podcast, there's no secret. It's just hard work. <laughs> there's no secret why it's so fast. It's like it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think there's something uh I share about the the time when I went from 300 MRR to 3K, to 2K. Mm -hmm. I, I share, uh, that was a time, that was a phase where I worked a lot. 
And that yeah. article was the point after I post that, I, I say to myself, okay, I'm done with this yeah. intensity of work. So after I post that. So in the post, I share uh, about my unfair advantages. Mm -hmm. I think hardworking is is necessary, but it was, mm -hmm. uh, it was, um, I, don't, I don't think it's, if you, even if you're hardworking, if you uh, don't have something that unique of your own and you don't leverage some of your advantage, it's mm -hmm. become difficult. Right. It's, it, it just right. become difficult. It's not impossible, but difficult. So I think one of the reasons I was able to build so fast is that I have spent a lot of time on all aspects of building an, a product from right. front end to back end to data database. Yeah. And uh, even I have some sense of design. Uh, my design is yeah. quite okay. I can use Photoshop. I love your products. That's what also what I was about to ask. And a lot of people also said, it's like, how is Tony making such beautiful products? You know, they look super good. It's just, you, you start to develop a sense of design when you work on a lot of beautiful design yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So it was actually beneficial for you to work before for others, to have boss to work for other companies because you got to learn all of this, right? Absolutely. Um, um, and I'm very grateful for that. I really appreciate the seven years of me working in the industry. It gained a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. and insights and also gained a lot of skills as well. I work on startup, outsource, and enterprise, which is the three major area of the software industry that I yeah, need to yeah, experience. Yeah. And I experienced it all, which helped mm -hmm. a lot. So um, even if you wanted to become an entrepreneur in the beginning, I think it's still beneficial for you to get into the industry and see how people build software. And yeah, um, I agree. maybe you can learn a thing from two from that. Totally Always agree. keep a side project at all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, practice the mind and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And and I think once you become a full-time entrepreneur, a lot of things change as well. And that mindset of of like, for instance, doing more, uh, doing MVPs instead of like spending months and months building a product that maybe no one will ever use. I think is something really important. But yeah, so yeah. one thing that is interesting though, because a lot of people also say, don't build features, do marketing, right? But it seems that you are just like every day building new features. Like you are every day, as you said, waking up, coding, releasing a feature, then releasing a video. And, and yeah. that's how you were <laughs> able to grow, right? So... Can you clarify this, please? <laughs> no, I think I think they are right. Uh, you should definitely do more marketing. Uh, for me, I somehow, I don't know, somehow, uh, my product doesn't need a lot of marketing. Especially for the Blackmagic product, it has a very effective and direct marketing channel, which is my Twitter. So I think I, right. that product has a very direct uh, marketing channel, which is on Twitter. A lot, a lot of other pro products doesn't have that luxury. Like if you yeah, do something true. that totally unrelated to your audience and unrelated to Twitter, it's become difficult for you to combine um, yeah, your yeah, yeah. Twitter audience and the product. Yeah. So in my case, I use Twitter, I have an audience on Twitter and I build a Twitter product. So it's kind of a perfect yeah, mix. So because of yeah. that, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like pressure to do a lot of marketing, marketing for mm. Blackmagic. And I, I think it was a, it is a special case. It's not, it's not generalized for anyone. It could be, you can do that for other product if you have an audience that is directly, directly related to your product. And then you mm -hmm. are actively engaged with that audience or, or that community. Mm -hmm. and, and the community have a big enough size, you know, for, for the awareness and stuff. 
Otherwise, yeah. you would have to do marketing a lot by either tweeting SEO or or blog yeah. post or, or other stuff. Yeah, but for true. me, I yeah, especially for black music, I I didn't feel like I have to do a lot of that because it's connected. But but you also said that like you reach 100 MRR plateaued, you reach 300 plateaued, and then mm. you went from 300 to 2,000. So what worked? Uh, how did you go from 200, 300 to 2,000? I uh, so that was the time I launched the banner feature on Product Hunt. So first I launched it on Twitter and mm-hmm. then I launched it on Product Hunt on the very next day. So that, uh, and because I was having a lot of uh, people on my Twitter, uh, I, I was having an audience and people was very helpful and very supportive. Right. They jumped on Product Hunt to support my launch. And because of that, it went to the top page and it gets some, uh, some, uh, uh, attention from from the front page right 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 and then uh, people coming in and then they they pay for the product and uh, i think the uh, the big jump uh, was from that launch so how much money did you make in that in that launch so you went from 300 to to how much 300 to 2k in one launch with the product went yeah it started from the from the launch and how, how long did it take then to i think 2 weeks or even 1 month after the launch was the time where my my MMR growth. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and then that's after that, really cool. it, it stopped growing. <laughs> it <laughs> still grow, but it's, it's slow, you know, because I, I guess this is, a, uh, this is a point where you can say that I should do more marketing. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, I, if, I, uh, if I did marketing, it would have continued growing. But instead, yeah. it's growing, and then it's, now it's flat yeah. out. Because you, you need a, point, a launch, right? Yeah. A, a, long, a launch yeah. is not... It's not. It's marketing, but it's a one-time kind of marketing thing. Whereas tweeting every yeah. day, it's it's a consistent strategy of marketing. I would say that's true. If if I if I can unlock a marketing channel that get can get a consistent traffic yeah. into the website, I guess the growth yeah. will continue to grow up. Uh, in this case, I only uh, the only significant traffic jump was the launch, and then mm-hmm. the usual traffic from my Twitter, which is not very much. So it it did it didn't grow much after the launch. Mm-hmm. So my my so, my growth was always like a jump and then flat and then another jump and flat again. Yeah, because you do this kind of launch marketing, right? Ah. Yeah, uh, sometimes uh, something eventful happens and then it, it it blows up and then uh, people jump in and then it grow. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah, after that, it, it become it back to normal. But I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm thankfully that people who jump jump in and pay when during the launch. They didn't leave, <laughs> so yeah. otherwise it yeah, would it like would have go, go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's your current MRR right now? Is uh seven something seven three hundred last time I checked. Wow. Okay. MRR. That, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that is already matching a developer salary or even surpassing it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in Vietnam. Yeah. Way yeah. above way above the market salary in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me, what is your goals now? Because, I mean, I, I know your goal is 10K, but I guess it seems that you're going to reach it soon. Uh, after that, what, what is your goal? Like, do you want to keep on building stuff? Do you want to just retire? Uh, because this is kind of a passive income a little bit, right? I, I mean, you, it's in maintenance mode, but you can just hire someone to just maintain it and, and that's it somehow, right? So what are your plans yeah. for the future? What, what's going through your mind? Uh, right now, the... 
plan is to I still build a product from what I love because mm-hmm. I I have uh, plans for features that I wanted to exist in the in mm-hmm. in Blackmagic, but I but right now it's still not. And right. I wanted to do that in a way that relaxed and allowed me to travel around the world. Mm-hmm. So that is the short term plan. So I don't I don't really know what the ultimate plan for Blackmagic because. Uh, at some point, it can turn into uh, some kind of B two B analytics platform right. for 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 business, or it can stay as a indie uh, indie app, like a small mm-hmm. analytics indie app, or and and Chrome extension, and and stay stable like that. I don't really, uh, I I don't have a fixed plan for that, so I I'm open for anything, even hiring uh, people to maintain or it selling? for me, or yeah, even for selling, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. always open for that if uh, if the yeah. price is enough I'm uh, for yeah. sure I can share <laughs> yeah. yeah because I, I have a lot of ideas I'm cursed yeah with, I can imagine with, <laughs> with ideas so even if this is gone I have a lot of other fun things to do mm-hmm. and I think they will they will get uh, they will get uh, to yeah. some level of success success so yeah. if it's up to you you'll never work for someone else again right you'll forever be an entrepreneur most likely, yeah. Unless Twitter buy buy Black Magic and then I work for Twitter. <laughs> ah, okay. Twitter now you know Elon Musk. Uh, because I, I I find it quite quite fit. A lot of things I think that should be in the Twitter app natively, but yeah. So there's still a part of you that wants that uh, you know engineering uh, path or you know working for one of the big tech companies. Not quite as strong as before. Now I'm yeah. I'm more like I I do everything, but as long as I'm free and I don't have to ask anyone for my vacation, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, so that's my priority. Yeah. Let me just tell this to all the listeners: if you are listening to this, <laughs> just tag Elon Musk. I'll I'll share this part, <laughs> or just go on Twitter and say Elon Musk buy Black Magic. Just do this, <laughs> and, and let's see what happens. It will be really fun. Tony, thank you so much for your time. We end up speaking one hour and a half. Sorry for taking so long, but it was such an interesting conversation. We've learned so much. I'm sure that a lot of the listeners here will learn a lot about your journey. So it was a true pleasure. So thank you so much for, for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, good luck with, uh, uh, with the show, Tiago. Tony's Twitter profile and website will be in the description of this episode. And if you are a new listener, you might be interested in hearing the chat that I had with Peter Levels. It's episode 184 and he basically also shares his journey in the indie making world and I think you'll like it as well. Besides that, if you want help building your projects, Join us in the WB space, a community of indie makers. We are all there supporting each other. And it basically facilitates the journey, the path towards profitability in your side projects or indie projects. Like always, all of this information will be in the show notes of this episode. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.